0: what's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts and welcome to the v-twin life here on youtube we talk motorcycles powered by those v-twins what fuels a passion why you enjoy it so much v-twin life is brought to you by these two great companies crashing clothing and wild ass seats hey you want to add some comfort to your ass when you're out riding whether you're a 400 mile guy or maybe a guy that's pushing a thousand plus or female rider for that matter hey check out wild-ass.com and add some comfort to your ass can't forget crashing clothing, that Northwest brand out of the Pacific Northwest. Hey, these guys got a lot of great stuff from t-shirts to hats, raincoats, you name it. Hey, they can get you covered. Check out CrashingClothing.com. Now, let's dive into another mile post of the V-Twin Life. Hey, what's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts? and Welcome back to another mile post of the V-Twin Life where we talk motorcycles Powered by those V twins, what feels a passion why we enjoy so much. Tonight, this is going to be an awesome mile post. We're at mile post fifty seven with a legendary guy that has built quite a name with in this industry. You got Mister Brian Clock, founder of Clockworks. Hey, Brian, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on here and hanging out with us tonight.
1: I'm honored to do it. You know, we just got back from Daytona, and um, my team is still in route uh, with the truck and trailer on the way back, and um, you might've seen Craig from wild ass posting as he looked across the aisle way. Um, it poured there on Saturday. Um, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I seen that video. That was insane. That was some serious rain coming down.
2: Seems We're like you guys had so rain all
1: week. Had a good, you know, had a good run the week, the week prior and, and all week and the weekend prior was beautiful. So nothing wrong with that. Hey, you know, had
0: some good weather. I mean, get these areas you always can't control how what mother nature is going to throw at you but
1: exactly at least wasn't snowing
2: (laughs) that's what i drove back in (laughs) eight
1: inches back here in south dakota and so these things are not working so i'm gonna bail on that okay hey that's the microphone still okay oh yeah, yeah we got you good all right sounds good well, i'm honored to be on here today it's exciting for me there's lots going on uh, it's you know we're celebrating 25 years of clockworks and if you had told me back in the day when i just wanted to you know customize motorcycles and build cool bikes that someday i'd be the flare windshield guy i would own a phone mount company and i'd be looking at being in this thing for 25 years i would have said no no way absolutely no way
0: hey well <laughs> congratulations i mean obviously you know it says something for the quality of your product and what you put out, you know, to to last this long and, and build such a reputable name within that industry. You know, congratulations on that.
1: I really feel like I'm just honored to be surrounded by so many good people. You know, I'm there's, there's you know, whether it's, you know, like Dan Cheeseman was one of my right-hand men. And, I mean, he's like my little brother and came to me right out of college and said, I want to do what you do. And um, I said, well, that's great. But, you know, you really, I all I can tell you is, I'll start before you ever go hungry because it's not really, you know, everybody talks about, you know, motorcycle world and, you know, fame and fortune. Well, there's a lot of fame and not that much fortune. So, um, you know, you just kind of deal with it, but so many people have come in and out of my life and in and out of the chapters of clockworks that all contributed. And, you know, I'm thankful to each and every one of those people, because that's really, what it, I mean, what it takes, right? It takes a team to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, if you've been in an NFL team for 25 years or the coach of it or the owner of it for 25 years, you've seen a lot of players come and go. And and uh, we're very fortunate that we have such a great team. So That's
0: really that's cool. Awesome. And, you know, it, it's a very true statement. I mean, one person can't carry a team. You know, it's a, that's why it is a, a team. It takes more, you know, it takes a, more people than just one to make it go
1: somewhere. Well, for us, you know, it's it's one of those deals where I've, I've always talked about that and always told my, my group that, you know, I said it, you know, the good Lord didn't design you to live on an island. He never said, you know, hey, go get a bunch of guns and a bunch of drugs and live on an island and your problems will all go away. No, he designed you to live in community. And luckily, I'm in the motorcycle community. I mean, what a great place to have the camaraderie and the people that come in and out of this business to support you to kick your ass to make you better and to push you and you know i, I don't know where else you know i couldn't imagine any other life other than motorcycle people that's awesome. that's very true
0: it, it is a, an amazing community to be part of i mean i you know grew up in the community you know started in my young years of when I started riding when I was around five and then, you know, racing motocross, I went into hill climbing. And I mean, I can remember events where I crashed, you know, bust a piece off my bike. You know, some of the guys that ride with it's like, Hey, you can do your next run. I'm like, nah, I'm, you know, broke. you know, busting my handlebars or bent I mean, you know, they're, I can't fix them. They're totally trash. And I mean, I've had guys stripping down their bikes just to give me the parts so I can get one more ride because I mean, we're all competing against each other, but you're also, you're a family
1: absolutely and you know bry right before we came on you said um something about why we ride and uh you know my family's appearance in that um epic movie that happened in like 2013 i believe it was and uh when those guys first approached us you know we got inducted in the surges hall of fame um in 2012 and as we were sitting there in surges Uh, you know, Laura, my ex-wife said, well, you know, I've told these guys we'd come by and film this thing. I'm like, "Okay, well, everybody's making a movie about motorcycles. Of course, you know, it's a hot thing. Right. So (laughs) we go there and, you know, I'm I I would say to this day, I'm the biggest jerk that ever lived. That was got to be a part of that movie because I was so busy. We were doing so much stuff that I just kind of went, "Okay, I'll do it for you. But that's it. Right. They sent us um, the trailer. I didn't know it was a trailer. They just sent us something to look at. And I kind of blew it off, and I kind of blew it off. And finally, Laura came in one day and said, you got to watch this right now, please. And I'm like, okay. So I watched it, and all of a sudden, the trailer starts playing, and it's my voice behind it. And I'm like, oh, I'm such a jackass. (laughs) Like, I just blew it, you know? and so i literally i just thought man i don't know what, a, what i can do for these guys right the the footage they had was great and i just prayed about it and prayed about it and finally i called them. i said you know what i don't have a um a check that i can write you for 10 grand or whatever to even help you on your movie way right but what i can do is if you'll meet me in long beach at the international motorcycle show i'll introduce you to some people bring your laptop and your headphones and I'll see you there. They came in and we literally walked through the entire show and I introduced them to the littlest guy who built Speedway bikes to Progressive Insurance to Indian Motorcycle to Harley Davidson. And just I pitched them everywhere I went, right, to the, you know, guys I knew that drag raced or raced at Bonneville to the guys I knew that, you know, ran the entire thing, right, ran some big company we got done and Brian uh, Carroll said to me, he goes, man, he goes, you know, did you really know all those people? I said, nope. Some of them, I just felt like it was a push and we should go in there. And he's like, really, man, you really did a great job for us today. And you really sold us. He goes, how did you know that was okay? I said, well, that's because, you know, that's what I prayed about. That's really what where I was at with it. I just thought that's how I can help you. That's awesome. And, uh, Fast forward to, you know, those guys winning the um, award for the AMA Motorcyclist of the Year because that was such a feel-good family movie and did so much for motorcycling. So if you know somebody who's, um, you know, never been on a motorcycle, is thinking about getting on a motorcycle, maybe your friends who hate motorcycles even, right, let them watch that movie. Um, I know it's available on iTunes and some of those other channels, but why we ride is still as valid then as it is today. And it talks about camaraderie of motorcycling. And um, the one thing I'm going to give away a secret here, Brian Carroll. So if you're listening, I, I apologize. But I've probably seen the movie four or five times, right, before Brian and I were chatting about it. And I said, just the visualization of it, it makes you feel like you're on a motorcycle. I love it, right? He goes, well, notice this, Brian. He said, all of the interviews, with people happen indoors the rest of it is outdoors and so now you're going to want to go back and watch it again and you're going to be like oh no look at that and sure enough you know but that's what it feels like right so when you get outside on a motorcycle there's no roof things are open you have all these senses coming at you and it's epic i mean and so it's really why we love it you know and so, I uh, just thought I'd share that with you, Brian. As I was thinking about why we ride, when you mentioned it before we came I,
2: on, I appreciate it. When I first met my wife, I made her watch it, and she had only rode a motorcycle like once in her life as a kid. And the thing that I enjoyed so much about that movie is the the couples talking about their relationships and how motorcycles have changed their relationships, which is what it's done for me. And I being able to talk to you is just really great. Like I said, I uh, before. You know, I have the movie poster, you know, sitting in my living room, and it's, it's just awesome. it's it. It was such a great movie to inspire so many people because it covered so many genres too. It wasn't just oh, you need a Harley to be a rider, or, you know. Yeah, X no, it say. doesn't
1: matter if you're into a dirt bike or a street bike or Moto GP or if you're you know going to rallies. Like it's just a it's a thing. It's like yeah, motorcycling is the the thread that you know ties us all together. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome. Golf-
0: it's, it's you know so awesome I mean you know how you're you're touching on the senses. Riding a motorcycle or traveling on a bike is so much more intimate than being in a car. I mean, you got the wind, the smells, you know, the areas because you can travel through different areas of the country or it's not so much even the whole country. I mean, different areas you can get of where you live. Say, you know, going through the forest, you know, you can smell you know the trees different types you can hit the farmlands okay so you're not gonna hit some old you know not the most pleasant smells
1: but it is so much more personable <laughs> no for sure awesome. and even like when you go to Sturgis and all of a sudden you drop down in some little canyon and you get that chill of cool air and you come back out of it and you're like whoo that's crazy right oh yeah you find the little what I call like microclimates yeah
0: yeah it'd be hot nice and warm and whatnot and I had that going over uh, Lolo Pass in Montana. It was beautiful coming up out of Missoula. It was just awesome. It was like, I think it was about 105. I get to the top and all of a sudden it turned black and ended up in a downpour. My like, God, this sucks. And then about 10 seconds later, I'm like, hey, this feels kind of nice. You know, I'm cooling down. And as soon as you get down over the other side, you know, you hit the canyons of Idaho and welcome to the oven and 10 minutes later, you're dry. Right. <laughs>
1: You yeah. know, that's, um, Vanessa, uh, my wife and I, uh, after we started dating, I got the opportunity to go on the Kyle Petty ride in 2017. Oh, And, um, I'll be awesome. You know, I, I've been asked a bunch of times by click Baldwin and some other folks I know who go on it. And I was like, I don't have time. I can't make the time. I won't make the time, whatever the deal was. Right. And, uh, I got a call from, um, a gentleman who has since passed his name is david andreas and uh david reached out to me and i was in the minneapolis airport if i remember right And he was skiing in british columbia or somewhere right and he goes hey brian he said uh, the board has met we'd like you to be the angel rider for 2017. i'm like what does that mean he goes that means i'm picking up the bill i'm like no way you know it's like it's like 10 grand right yeah and I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, but the board has also stated that you probably won't take the time off to go with us. <laughs> I literally just stood there with tears in my eyes, and I'm like, you know what? Click Baldwin, who was a dealer in Gastonia, North Carolina, went on all the time, and uh, him and Maury and Terry Campbell and those guys and Maury Irvin. And I was like, that sucks. You know, I missed that opportunity, and I wish I would have done it. And I said, so if I can ride and clicks on her, I'll go, right? So I rode from Mitchell, South Dakota to Portland, Oregon. And David and his crew was coming up from Florida through Nebraska and meeting some guys. So I hooked up with those guys in Wyoming. And I rode from here and in torrential rain, 75 miles after I left Mitchell, South Dakota, coming across the river in Chamberlain, it starts pouring. Then I get into Wyoming and it's hailing and I'm just getting the crap beat out of me. And I finally have to stop in this, I don't know. It was like one of those places where they pile up gravel and sand to put on the side of the road in the snow. And I literally drove my Indian Roadmaster up on the, up on the gravel pile. Hung out there until it was all said and done. And then the next day, you know, I met up with those guys. I got there at 2 o'clock of that night, 6.30 in the morning. I met them for breakfast at the hotel. Got a warm shower and finally warmed up a little bit and uh, we took off for Portland. We got into Portland and I met so many great people. And the thing that it struck me about that ride or that group was how they operate, right? If you, you have to bring your luggage down to the hotel front of the hotel at six in the morning. And it doesn't matter if you're, uh, you know, one of the wealthiest guys ever on that ride, whether you're Herschel Walker, former Heisman Trophy winner, Dallas Cowboy, or whether you're a bum like me from Mitchell, South Dakota, we all got to get our bag down there by six o'clock. If you don't, you got to figure out your own way to get it to the next town. Oh, so that's super cool, right? Cause you just become a flat out motorcyclist. It doesn't matter who you are, what your status is. You're a motorcyclist. And so you got 175, 180 bikes on this ride, whatever it is, right? It's a lot. And, very organized and they they tell you you know if you're going down the road and you get separated from your people don't worry you'll meet them up with with them at dinner like it doesn't matter and then as we're going down the road if your buddy crashes just keep going we've got a chase truck we've got stuff there to take care of them we'll let you know if there's a problem or you need to pull off the ride but at the end of the day we need one target on the side of the road not 15. i'm like man that's good logic right and then they would send people ahead of you and pull into the gas station. You, If you're the third person back, you have to take your gas cap off and be ready to fuel so that you're not wasting all this time trying to fuel.
2: Oh, that's well at, thought out.
1: End of the night, they would say, you know, and so so the $10,000 covers someone taking your bag there. There will be a truck there with snacks and water and all these kind of things after you get your bike gas cap off. They may even call the truck stop and say, put some porta potties outside because we got all these people coming in and we want to make sure they get through fast enough. And so it's totally worth it, right? And the idea of it is, you know, your hotels are taken care of, all your stuff's taken care of. So when you pull into a town, your name is on a table and there's a card there with your name on it, your room, your stuff, and you they just hand it to you and you go right to your room. You're not waiting ever.
2: So it's <laughs> the slickest,
1: awesome. coolest thing you've ever seen but the bond that goes between you and the people you're riding with is crazy because you're going to get screwed up in the traffic thing you're going to ride with somebody you've never ridden with before and you're going to knock down three four hundred miles and you're going to be like wow that was pretty fun you know thanks for riding by me right that's awesome and so it's really an epic experience and vanessa um that was the first time she'd ever ridden a bagger Uh, One of the ladies got hurt on the ride, said, Vanessa, you got your license. Why don't you jump on my bagger? So John Christner went front and I took the back and I said, John, will you help me out here? He said, yeah, turn on, turn on your intercom and we'll talk. Right. So we just put Vanessa in the middle on this street glide and she jammed through, you know, I don't know where we were somewhere in Montana. And she was, you know, jamming through the mountains and coming down these windy twisty roads and riding that thing like a boss. And, When we got done and got all the way to Milwaukee, we rode from Portland to Milwaukee. I'll never forget. We were sitting there with uh, Bill Davidson in Minneapolis and he was going to ride with us from Minneapolis to Milwaukee. And we were joking around and I said something to Bill. I said, yeah, you know, please forgive me. I'm on an Indian today. And I said, but you know how it is. They're paying the bills right now uh, because they sell our windshields. Right. And Vanessa, he got up to go to the bathroom or get some more food or something. She goes, why did you say that? And why the, why was that so funny to you guys? I said, Oh honey, I'm so sorry. I should have introduced you. I said, that's Bill Davidson from Harley Davidson. She goes, Oh my God, no way. How do you even know him? Right. And I said, well, I know him through, you know, going to a bunch of different events and his dad, Willie G was really, um, you know, instrumental in my confidence early on when I went to some shows and did some things. And so, you know, that, just tells you whether it's john christner whether it's kyle petty richard petty we rode with on that ride to bill davidson you know um it just so many good people it's unbelievable you know motorcycles really have been um truly the blessing in my life that had to be just an awesome, awesome. experience yeah sorry i feel like i'm rambling but i i've got so no, many this stories so cool. no this is cool no this is this is amazing 25 years of you know experiences and now it's pretty fresh because that was only five years ago so
0: <laughs> well okay let's go there when did the bug you know come into your life for two wheels where'd that start
1: uh, i was in fourth grade and my dad bought me a q a honda qa50 a 1970 71 honda qa50 and hondas are <laughs> supposed to be red um my honda was green and that was a the thing. They actually made a green Honda QA50. So for a bunch of years, I searched for one. And yes, I do now own a Honda QA50. That's green. That's awesome. Um, but my dad got me that little mini bike. And there was a vacant lot between our house and the neighbor's house. So, you know, a space for one house, right? But it was pretty sizable. And I would we would go around in a big old circle there until we wore a dirt path in there. And the neighbor kids would come over, and I would charge them a nickel or 10 cents or something to ride that thing for, I don't know, how many laps it could go, right? And at the time, a nickel or 10 cents would give me a comic book or some bubble gum or something down at the little store downtown, so I thought I was killing it. And, um, you know, my dad always had motorcycles. My dad always had bikes, you know. Uh, I have a picture of him with a 1958 Harley one month before I was born, him and his best friend leaving the little gas station that we owned in Emory, South Dakota, headed to Sturgis. And my mom was not happy. I remember him always telling me that, you know, here's a month before I'm supposed to be born. And he's riding Sturgis, of course, because that's what you do, right? And always my dad had bikes. And so um, I got a an, another Honda, a an, an 400 Honda when I was 14 years old. So I had a motorcycle before I had a car. You can get your license in in South Dakota when you're 14. And so my dad would just say, stay out of town and don't get in a bunch of trouble. Go out and ride your motorcycle, you know, if I was, you know, being anxious or, you know, whatever. And so like any kid, you know, of course you're, you're racking up the miles and you're just learning to love motorcycles. And then you fast forward to high school. And I said, man, wouldn't it be cool if I ever, um, if I ever could build a bike or build a car that would be in one of these magazines that would be pretty cool right and um you know i didn't really expect that to happen i just thought wouldn't it be cool and uh fast forward to today where i've you know been in countless magazines been so fortunate to now have a parts company that you know we sell stuff all over the world it's it's nothing to ship you know parts to spain or parts to texas in a day you know it's, it doesn't matter and so um i don't know it's just crazy but yeah it was a green honda qa50 is where it all began and then people always ask me they laugh when they see a Goldwing at my booth and i said well my dad went on a trip when i was 17 years old and i was at the gas station running the books day to day i would end end the day and and fill out all the stuff and my dad called me and he said hey brian he said uh you know that Virago you own, right, the Yamaha Virago? I said, yeah, Dad, what's up? He goes, it's kind of small. I said, yeah, maybe for you, you know. And he goes, well, I <laughs> traded it off. I'm like, what? You just took it because it was easy to load, and you and Mom were going out to the hills. and You really traded it off? He's like, yeah, I bought a brand-new Honda Aspencade." I go, well, that's good, Dad, great for you, but what does that do for me? He goes, well, you can have my Goldwing. So at 17 years old, I owned a 1981 Honda Goldwing, just nice. what every 98-pound weakling wants to have, right? I mean, I was a skinny oh. little kid. And so for me to be riding that Goldwing at 16, 17 years old, whatever it was, was ridiculous. And the only thing I learned was that if my cousin, uh, Kevin Clark, would get on the back, he was a little bit of a daredevil as well, we could wheelie that thing all the way down Main Street, which was only two blocks, but still, you know. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's awesome. Made the
1: kids giggle. So made me giggle. Didn't make my dad happy when he later found out that I was wheeling the Goldwing. But...
2: That is awesome.
1: So I have an affinity for Goldwing. So now I own three Goldwings. I have the first Goldwing ever sold new in Mitchell, South Dakota, which my dad owned. And being the person that I am, um, when, we, when my mom and dad got divorced and we moved all of our stuff out of the shed and everything out of the house at home and... I took the motorcycle parts, right? And when I got the opportunity to buy this bike back, trade it back for a bike that I would built, my dad said, why, why would you even want that thing? It's got this big fairing and this king queen seat and all this stuff. I said, yeah, dad, but I have all the stock parts. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, you left them in the shed and I took them. You kept that stock seat, the blinkers and the handlebar this whole time. Like yeah, for sure. That's who I am, right? I got some really cool stuff.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so I have
1: the cool. first new gold wing ever sold in Mitchell, and which was your dad's too. What's that? And that was your also your dad's bike. Yeah, it was my dad's bike. Yeah, it was my dad's bike. I mean, I have my grandma uh, bought a 1964 Ford in 1968 or 66 from her uncle or from my uncle, or and so. My grandma bought this car from her brother. It's two years old, right? I still own that car. I have a 57 Chevy two-door post. That's just a like a barn find thing uh, sitting behind the shop here. That belonged to my grandma on the other side. And then I have my first ever car, which is a 1970 Chevelle SS396. Ooh. And uh, it was gold with a black vinyl top. Somebody hit me when I was a senior in high school. So, of course, like any kid, I painted it red put black racing stripes on it and I should have left it gold. And so now it's going back to gold with the black vinyl top. Um, my friends at Oline's uh, suspension have built me some really wicked shocks, So it has a, a great stance to it. And um, yeah, so I've owned that car since I was 16. So
2: that's all sweet. of the
1: history and all of the stuff means a lot to me. I love oh, awesome. it. Awesome. I mean, that's something like with, with my <laughs> road glide, the original owner
0: was my dad and three years ago a father's day gift i ended up getting that bike from him when he traded well he w- he got a new road glide and he regretted that he traded in the old one when i was going through a hiatus when i didn't have a bike and it was such an awesome you know moment when you know i went up there because my stepmom made this big deal about how my dad needs to talk to me and i was out of town with one of my sons at the baseball tournament i'm trying to get a hold of him and that she would answer all the phones. I'd try to call my dad's phone. And she'd answer it. And finally, it's like, well, I can't be there. I'll see you tomorrow. And when I went up there, my dad had this awesome you know, speech made up about, you know, he was so happy about how you know, my wife had raised her kids. You know, they'd been successful. Our daughter went to Wazoo. My son was going to college on a baseball scholarship. And, you know, everything we devoted our lives, he goes, you know, I, I really regretted selling my old bike and not giving it to you he goes you know the best thing i ever did he goes is i just went down and bought a brand new road glide so the only you know thing left to do is to give you the title to your road glide he goes so there it is take it home he goes let's go ride it's like it, it was amazing and you know now that i have it, it's gonna be one of those things where it'll, it'll never leave the family when the time comes for it it'll get a heart transplant and you know one of my boys or whatnot they'll start riding it.
1: yeah that's the best i mean Those are the kind of things. I mean, I think everyone can relate to that. I saw somebody type on there. I had that same green motorcycle, and I was like, wow, right on. That's a rare deal. I mean, not only did you have the same Honda, but you had a green one.
0: (laughs) That was Craig Johnson. Nice. Mr. Wildass.
2: So what made you – I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Brian. So what made you – I mean, you've obviously ridden your whole life, but what made you decide to want to start a motorcycle company? I mean, that's that's a – that's a big step.
1: Yeah, I've had a, I had a tumultuous um, couple of years. My dad, my brother sold a restaurant to some guys. Those guys owed my dad 60 grand. Oof. My dad had done so much for me and gambled on every stupid idea I'd had. So I quit working and tried to go after these guys. Um, it lasted a lot longer than I expected. Uh, they kept jockeying stuff around and, and the license for the the video lottery casino and all the kind of stuff. And it took me a year and a half to get it back. When I finally did, I told my dad, I said, I'm going to run it for you for a little bit. But um, at the end of the day, I'm just going to work on motorcycles this summer. He said, well, that's great, but you can't make any money doing that. So you better figure out what's next. I said, yep, I understand. And I never went back. I literally robbed Peter to pay Paul. Um, I'd be putting on handlebars awesome. for this guy and doing oil changes and stuff. And this guy might say, Brian, I got 300 bucks. What can you do for my bike? Right. And then that turned into Brian. I got 500 bucks. And then the next year it's like, Brian, I have $1,500. dollars i give you right now. What can you do to my motorcycle? Right. And I would always try to do the hard stuff, if you will, the, you know, whether it was a fender or, you know, changing the stance on it or, you know, handlebars, because I knew people were going to add the grips. They're going to put on their own pegs. They're going to put on their own gas cap. they are going to see something hanging on the wall at some shop or some Harley dealer, and they're going to like, that's the cool thing. That's what I want. Right. So I really went after that stuff. And then that just kind of kept the thing snowballing until we could actually build a few bikes and the first bike I built um, officially uh, happened in 1990. In the fall of 1990, I bought a, an FXRP, a police bike, under the uh, guidance of Jim Betlock. And Jim used to work for Drag Specialties. And Jim even sent me a thermal fax, if you will. It was kind of, you know, you roll, they'd roll up on you the minute it came out of the machine. And it was all the parts that he had bought from Drag Specialties and how to build this bike. And he's the one who told me, buy a cop bike because you're going to take it apart and they're mm-hmm. cheaper and you're going to waste all the other stuff anyway because you, you don't need it. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't go spend the money for a nice little rider custom or something like that. So I did. I got one from uh, Jim Entman at JL Harley in Sioux Falls. He happened to have one as a demo bike. And I bought that bike and I tore it apart and it literally had it apart for two years. Took me two years because I was very picky. Uh, the internet wasn't a thing yet you couldn't look up all the parts like that so i had all these magazines laid around the house and trying to figure out what i wanted to do and and then try to come up with the money you know i mean like 500 for a carburetor at that time was crazy you know to buy a del orto carburetor which is now two grand but i mean at the time it was all relevant right i mean i probably paid seven grand for the bike you know so wow so that's really where it started and then Two years later, I built that bike, and um, the name of the bike was Iris. It was a purple color, and um, people are like, man, you're going to win the local car show or bike show. You know, it's going to be so exciting, and I said, no, you know, really, I'm doing this so I can go compete in Daytona, so I can compete in Sturgis. I want to win the Super Bowl. Like, I want to win the biggest one thing I can, and I knew I probably couldn't do it, but, man, I shot for the moon, you know, and – so to look back now, and I mean, I remember, you know, looking at a bagger the called the benchmark bagger when we were in our little garage. It was in a 700 square foot single car garage with no sign on the door right behind the hair salon, which is right behind me. And um, that's where I got started. And, uh, you know, we went from a three car garage and I was in one stall of the three car garage from this older gentleman, John Patton, who was my mentor. And um, we had built a turbo bagger. We took a turbo bagger to SEMA in 1995. Nice. So I kind of performance bagger, uh, somebody joked around and put a post up on Instagram yesterday and said, I'm home watching, um, Amazon prime has the discovery channel biker build off series from 06. And it was John Jessup from dream rides. And, um, he said, you know, I'm listening to Brian clock say, if we make it lighter, faster with bigger brakes you know people really love it i think it's going to make baggers cool and then he put hashtag performance baggers so (laughs) i've been doing this a while you know so that was 2006
0: i'd seen read an article and actually tagged you as the godfather of custom baggers
1: yeah that was in the big twin magazine and i was actually almost embarrassed by that because you know Donnie Smith, Jim Butlock, all these guys had built cool baggers before me, right? I think it was just me taking that gamble of doing it and losing it, if that was going to be the case in front of three or four million people, when they knew I could build some cool chopper or a little bobber, or, you know, my team was capable of anything, right? And we chose to build a bagger. And that was the first time I ever kind of embraced failure if you would because i was afraid of failure i was afraid of success and both things are scary you know absolutely so i'm gonna duck my head down here for a second i think i better plug my phone in it's looking like it's gonna die on you guys i don't want to all of a sudden go black what happened to brian (laughs) he got hit by another flood so hang on
0: all right Um, no problem
1: Okay, I'm back. There we go. So yeah, awesome. so the bagger thing was in God's perfect timing. You know, really, I that I gambled and I took that chance, and uh, we won the build off, and um, I, I I fully intended to lose it, and it was okay because all I wanted to do was get the attention that we could build stretch fenders, that we could build nice parts for baggers, and that we were your go to guy for baggers. You know, and then. We ended up winning it. I think a lot of it was because it was in Sturgis, and not because I'm from South Dakota, but because Sturgis is a pilgrimage. People ride to Sturgis. Like, you trailer your bike to Daytona because it's 20 degrees, it's blizzarding. If you're in Ohio, if you're in New York, you're in South Dakota, it doesn't matter, right? Right. When Sturgis hits in August, it's nice weather everywhere in the world. In fact, some places it's just damn hot, right? But it doesn't matter if you're in California, Texas, Florida, New York City, you ride to Sturgis. And if you rode to Sturgis one time, you made that pilgrimage and it was huge. Like, you'll never forget the people you met, the hailstorm you went through, the bugs you got hit by, none of it, right? And the people that you had so much fun with. And so I think the bagger thing really resonated with those folks. And so I remember walking down the street two days later and people going, man, you did something finally, somebody did something cool for baggers. And then it was just this phenomenon, you know, cause bagger magazine came out American bagger magazine came out all about six or nine months after we did that build off. It, it really, That's I awesome. mean, I'm, I don't know. You know, it's, it's humbling. I don't even know how to say it. It's, I don't deserve it. Amazing. I don't know why, I don't know why me. Right.
2: But how cool is that, that you're a part of that history? And that's still all these years later, one of the hottest categories in motorcycles. That's amazing.
1: It is. And there's so many young guys out there building so much cool stuff. And uh, it's unbelievable. You know, it's really, truly, it's humbling. Well, then, then, you know, and then,
0: 2012 you get inducted into the Sturgis hall of fame i mean that had to you know just be awesome
1: Uh, um i just hope okay so let's go back to brian carroll of why we ride okay okay if brian carroll ever releases the video of me from that year he was there and he filmed the whole thing and i literally cried through my entire acceptance speech I was so, I mean, I cry easy anyway, and I don't even care. Um, It's one of those things I just embrace, right? And it was one of those deals where I'm like, I'm not getting down from here. I understand why I'm here. I'm okay with it. And I'm going to let people know how overwhelmed by emotion I am. I'm just going to keep going. And I looked out there and Mike Corbin sitting in the back and Donnie Smith's over on this side. Willie G. Davison and Nancy are right down on the table in front of me because Steve Peel, who started hog, was getting inducted with me that year. He was up on the on the board. And um, it was, uh, you know, when you look out across that room and, you know, the Arlenes, Donnie Smith, Mike Corbin, all these guys and all these names that have just laid the groundwork for us, right, are sitting out there. Like, I don't feel worthy today. I didn't feel worthy then. You know, I'm I'm humbled. I'm honored to to do it. And, I mean, by all means, there's nothing cooler than being inducted in the Sturgis Hall of Fame when you're a South Dakota kid. I'm from a town of 380 people, and there's 14 kids in my class. You know, like, (laughs) I did it, right? I mean, I've been going to Sturgis since I was 8 years old. I'm now 55 so 47 years of Sturgis for me that's hard to believe right for a lot of people and yet my my uncles lived in spearfish we'd go out and visit I'd get to see a little bit of Sturgis you know it was awesome and so for me yeah it's it's super it's super crazy right to be inducted into something like that um literally blows you away I mean I remember Willie G Davison was at the Central Regional Hog Rally down in, in um, Kansas City. And it's first show I ever put my bike in. We worked for four out, four days straight, right? Bring the bike down there. We got it in the back of the truck. It's completely raining. It's just a torrential downpour. And I pull up and they said, oh, kid, they called off the show. Oh, great. So my guys Man. that I'm with go into the hotel, I literally fell asleep in the truck. I was just exhausted. And all of a sudden, I get this rap on the window, and the guy goes, hey, hey, they're going to do the show. <laughs> and so I wake up, and I get the bike out, wipe it all off, take it over there. And my friends are like, man, you look like hell. You should just go to the room and get a shower at least, right? So I go take a shower. While I'm there at the shower, Willie G. Davidson comes by the show and stops and looks at my bike for about 20, 30 minutes. And, of course, I'm not there. Oh. So when I come back, I'm like bummed out about that. But then they call off the awards and they didn't even mention my name. Like I didn't even get like honorable mention or fourth place or nothing. Right. So I went up to the stage and I said, I don't understand. I said, I'll see you in a month. This is in July. I said, I'll see you in a month in Sturgis. And I'd really like to know what's the matter with my bike. The guy goes, which bike was yours? And I said, it's a 1990 FXRP. Oh, what stock? He said. I'm like, uh, with all due respect, like, I changed everything from axle to axle. There's nothing stock about this yeah. motorcycle. He goes, well, you can bring it up here, and I'll I'll talk to you about it. Well, I went back there, and I had this cycle shack, two-in-one, stupid loud exhaust on this thing, a Ordo carburetor sticking out, and I fired it up, and I drive right through the crowd because, you know, they're all dispersing out <laughs> of the things, and they're everywhere, right? And I'm just mad. And I I can't help it. I'm driving right for this guy. And all of a sudden I see this person coming out of the corner of my eye. And it's Willie G. Davidson. He's headed to the stage. I'm headed to the stage. And this guy is there. And this guy drops his head. And he goes, oh, my God. I didn't call off your class. You won it all. You won radical custom. I, I am so sorry. Oh. And. So that's how my career started with this FXR. And Willie G goes, man, I don't even know what to tell you. Come over here. Let's take some pictures. So we took some pictures by the Harley Davidson Semi. And, um, you know, he was just so nice to me and really complimentary about my bike. The next morning, I walked by the hotel and he's coming out the front door because there's something we're doing that morning. And he says, Mr. South Dakota, how are you? I said, good. He said, you know, I really think you have a future in this industry if you're interested in that. I said, well, I very much am, sir. In fact, uh, I would hope that one day I'm one of the gentlemen of our industry, like Arlen Ness or Donnie Smith. And he started laughing. He goes, well, you know, you don't have to be a hamster to be one of the gentlemen of the industry. I said, I understand that, sir. But um, I I look up to those guys. And so um, when I got inducted in 2012, i remember looking down at willie g and saying willie you know what today i do feel like mr south dakota so that was a big moment for me to be that far down the road um you know we built the windshields in 2008 um harley Davidson made their version of it if you will in 2011. Um, that was a huge blow to me you know when the wind splitter came out i was crushed i thought man, I wish they would have just called me. I I was so disappointed. And yet uh, I didn't go get a lawyer. I didn't go sue them. I didn't want to be bitter about the brand that I built my whole life on. So I wrote a letter to Willie G and and, uh, ultimately we ended up having a conversation about it. And uh, he said, well, if you come up with anything else, Brian, let us know. Uh, We do love you and we'd like to do business with you. And, um, you know, I think it was just serendipitous that the good Lord gave me the gift of the windshield, and we continue to sell more than my brain could ever comprehend to this day.
2: Can I um, since well, first off, I that's the Americana story, right? I mean, you 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 envisioned something and you became it. I mean, that's that's incredible. You mentioned the windshields. Now you're coming out with colored windshields. I saw in Sturgis. I saw some posts of that. we yeah, can. We, if we, we can't talk we, about that, that's fine.
1: No, no, no. We launched them in in Daytona, and we only took like you know ten of every color and and certain sizes and shapes. And there were so many people that were. We gave them to a couple of social media influencers mm-hmm. the week or two before, so the calls started coming in and people started getting on the list. And then I found a bunch of people that were in Daytona who wanted them, and so we sold them to them first because they were going to be in every performance bagger show, every mm-hmm. you know hot rod show there was, and be riding them all over daytona and and you know taking pictures on the beach, taking pictures by the speedway and so that blew up and um now we're full on into production of colored windshields
2: i can't wait to see those that sound that's very different i mean your windshield yeah, stands out awesome. as it is you throw a color on it i mean that just screams clockworks that's awesome you,
1: yeah and so many people are building so many crazy bikes and you know the 80s and the 90s are kind of making a comeback and people are doing fluorescent colors and and mm-hmm. crazy t-shirts and crazy glasses and all kinds of stuff and so this just fit right in and just made sense because i mean back in the day we'd want to have one of those on our sport bike you know and so performance baggers are the new sport bike in my mind mm-hmm. this is awesome my dad's
0: even tuned in watching
1: how right cool on. is
2: that yeah. yeah i mean i i remember scrolling through facebook and or if not facebook instagram i mean it leaps right off the page yeah <laughs> you can't get any more than that i mean the windshield's already iconic in its shape
0: but
1: that's awesome. oh yeah
0: then the colors that came out with they are bright i mean definitely stands out and it's gonna it's going to catch, you know, it's going to catch the eyes.
1: Yeah. We did the fluorescent versions first, just because that was going to make the biggest impact. And then now we're looking at doing, you know, a regular red, a regular blue, a regular purple, a regular green, whatever we can come out with. Um, And, you know, I mean, there's some creative folks out there and I love it because they're sending us comments on Facebook and on Instagram and saying, Hey, what about this? What about that? You know, would you do this? Would you do that? And I just love to hear from them. You know, it's great stuff. Oh, blue would be That's cool. Awesome.
2: I gotta check that out. That's awesome. Thanks. So, what was it
1: like? You know, a few years back
0: when you you got a partner with Indian and Jack Daniels. I mean, that had been just a legendary experience. I Me mean, too.
1: I caught yeah, I didn't a... even realize. I, I just saw. I caught myself yeah. I'm wearing my Jack Daniels <laughs> yeah. hoodie. Um, so that really, you know that that whole relationship. Um, I did a lot of stuff for Indian. Okay, and then I got a call from Robert Pandia. And uh, Gary Gray, Gary runs the Indian race team now. And they said, hey, you know, we want to build a bike um, for, we're going to take number seven of the first 1901 bikes that Indian made, right? And we're going to dedicate it to Jack Daniels, and then we're going to auction it off at Bear Jackson. But it has to be all decorated up with Jack Daniels on it, all painted, not vinyl, and we only have two weeks. And I no said, <laughs> "Okay, where's the bike at?" And they said, "Well, it's at the the factory in Spirit Lake, which is about two and a half hours, three hours from here." And I said, "All right, well, I'll be there tomorrow at noon." And I said, "But you better book me a room in Phoenix because the only way it's going to get there is if I drive it twenty four hours myself to get there. Twenty hours, I guess it is from here." And um, I'll do it. So when we got the bike, we did all the work on it, drove it to Phoenix, uh, unloaded it. And all of a sudden this guy in this Jack Daniels golf cart pulls up and it's um, David Stang and David been with Jack Daniels at that point, maybe 32, 33 years, something like that. Right. So he says, uh, hi, um, tell me your story. I said, well, I'm from a town of 350 people. There's 14 kids in my class. I've already done more than I ever thought I could do in the motorcycle industry. I did the biker build-off and won it in 2006. I was inducted into the Surge Hall of Fame in 2012. And uh, I am honored to be working with the number one whiskey in the world at this event. That's what I said to him. And he goes, man, we're going to do some business together. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I like you. You're a small town kid who just gets it. You took this project on in two weeks and hustled your ass off to get here and did not gouge us, did not charge us some astronomical number. And so well, we're giving it back to charity. Like it's for Operation Ride Home. It's to bring troops home for the holidays. And he said, well, I appreciate you. I'm telling you, this is going to be fun. The next day we come there and we're, you know, rolling out barrels and selling stuff and doing stuff. And I'm just helping the Jack team. And we auctioned the bike off and raised a bunch of money. It was great. Right. The next year he calls me and he says, Hey, I want you to build me a couple bikes. I want you to build one for Kevin Sanders, the barrel man, and then build me a black and white bike. That is, um, the Squire bike, right? The traditional Jack Daniels colors, like the black and white label. So I did two Indians, one that had barrel wood grain on it that Effects painted uh, for us. And uh, it was a great. Well, oh, we just lost your audio, if you will, off the, of the Jack Daniels bottle and it was all hand pinstriped and we debuted them at our pre-Sturgis party. And that really kicked off the project. And then in 2016, um, I got a call from Dave Stang and he said, hey, I want to do a bike to celebrate 150 years of Jack Daniels. But keep in mind that Jack Daniels has never licensed a motorized vehicle, not a Ford truck, not a car, not a lawnmower, not a boat, nothing, because you don't mix gasoline and whiskey in the same sentence. It doesn't make sense, right? Good point. But if I can get this by legal, I want you to be my quarterback. I said, okay. Well, he called me back and he said, they're going for it. We're going to do it under the guise that bottles and throttles don't mix. Go drive your motorcycle. Have a great time. Enjoy your ride with your friends. Get to the hotel or get to the house. Sit on the porch or go to the hotel bar and have your jack and relive the day. Right? Talk about your experiences. I'm like, perfect. I'm in. He goes, well, we got to make 150 bikes. I think you should do them, Brian. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I'm like, now it means I have to do three bikes a week. There's no way. There's no possible way. I said, I think we should team up with Indian and do this at the factory because how cool is it if you're working at the Indian factory and a bike comes through and you get to build the next Jack Daniels bike. You know, there's number 74, there's number 75. And then I do two of these other bikes and then now I get to do number 76, you know. I said, that's a thing. And so I said, I really feel like that's the way we should do it, right? And so, Jack Indian honestly thought we'd sell maybe 40 or 50 motorcycles if we're lucky. And I'll never forget we were in Lynchburg, Tennessee, and Steve Minetto was there, and Dave Stang, and all the folks from Indian and Jack. And we we're in this little house, and we're sitting around this big barrel table. And Dave Stang says, Listen, I'll kiss your ass in the window of the Macy's day, Thanksgiving day parade. If we can't sell 150 motorcycles, am I clear? And I'm like, wow. So that's how you talk to the president of Indian motorcycle. (laughs) Like what the hell just happened here, right? Oh man. And They reached across the table and they shook hands and it was game on. So we started working on bikes, but I could only use factory Indian accessories. Well, keep in mind, we'd only had Indian back under the player's name, for two years. So there wasn't anything to use. There was no good accessories, really. Um, you know, black gas caps or chrome gas caps, those are your choices, mm-hmm. you know. And we did the bikes and we unveiled them in Daytona. And I walked into the room and I didn't know that they were gonna sell them that day. And so they had gone on sale at four in the morning, it's 10 in the morning, and Dave Stang goes, Man, if you're a little better looking, I'd kiss you on the lips. I said, Easy big boy. And he goes, <laughs> what's up and i said he goes man we sold 110 motorcycles already we did it brian we did it well we unveiled them to the international press and by the time we got done um steve minetto looked at the press he said oh by the way he pulled up his phone he goes they're sold out eight hours 150 motorcycles almost 3.8 million dollars or whatever the number was was raised for polaris which is a publicly traded company so it was in yahoo finance reuters finance it made a big deal because that's a lot of cash to flow through but if you wanted oh, yeah. to be a dealer who got one you couldn't put it on your floor plan you had to have a customer and you had to pay for it right away and so um fast forward to wednesday of that week uh, at daytona and we met at this track and steve medardo got up on stage and he Dave saying was dragging me to the track. Cause I wanted to keep selling windshields and we went there and he said, come on, did you read your email? I said, no, I didn't read my email. He goes, ah, oh, kid. I said, Dave, I don't have time for that right now. Minetto gets up on stage and says, you can see number one and number two down here. And he said, of course, Jack Daniels owns number seven. He said, but what a deal, 150 bikes in eight hours, never before done in history. Um, but here's the news, Brian. You kept it all together because we were these big corporate entities and you just kept pushing and you were the glue. And so, because of that, um, we didn't sell them all. And all of a sudden, this bike started up and comes running through the crowd and comes to the stage. And he goes, That's number 150 of 150. That's your motorcycle. You can ride it. Home wow. Right now. wow and um, awesome. it was an emotional moment for me because. Jack Daniels didn't have to do that. Indian motorcycle didn't have to do that. I took on this job for free because I literally just wanted to be the guy. If Jack Daniels only did this once in their lifetime, it was going to be on my resume and my name was going to be on there that I designed the only Jack Daniels motorcycle ever made. Wow. And so my gift, my commission, my part of it was, I own number 150 of 150.
2: That's, That's incredible.
1: Awesome. So pretty cool deal, and that company, uh, that that relationship with them. We are now into six years of Jack Daniels Indian motorcycles. Um, we thought the next year nobody's going to care, right? So we lowered the number to 100 and sold them in 10 minutes. Jeez, 10 wow. minutes, 100 motorcycles, right? And. So I didn't get one and I was like, man, I should have bought the last one. What was I thinking? Right. And my wife tricked me. We went to uh, Sturgis and um, we literally were up on the hill where it says Sturgis, Jack Daniels rents the house above that. We're having lunch and and our dinner up there and I'm sitting with Mike Corbin and we're sipping on a whiskey and eating some pork. And um, they said, you know, we'd had a great year. We did a hundred bikes, sold them in 10 minutes and you can't have number seven, but we could give you number one. And so Jack Daniels, the Indian Motorcycle, gifted me number one of 100. Whoa. And wow. since then, we've sold number one for Operation Ride Home for the Charity. We sold that first year. We sold that bike for 150 grand at Bear Jackson. It lives in a New York City uh, museum right now. Wow. so, so freaking cool. Yeah, so we've done so many great things with that with those guys, and I just love being part of the Jack Daniels Indian family. Um, you know, I, I love my Harleys, right? I I I won the biker build-off on a road glide. I have a new 2020 road glide I use. My wife rides a a 2018 Softail with an FXRP fairing on it. Um, you know, I'm working on an FXR right now. But I just love motorcycles. I don't care if you're riding a Goldwing, a Vacero, a BMW. Um by the way, I'm tricking out a new R18. Um, you know, I love. Them. I just love motorcycles. Yes. How do you go wrong? You know, I mean, I feel almost like like as cool as Craig Johnson from our, you know, from Wild Ass. Right? He's got a BMW. He's got a Road King. He's got some little dirt bike. He's got these cool RC cars. So, Wild Ass Craig, you're my hero. <laughs> hey, Wild Ass Craig is a pretty cool guy. He is. We became very cool great guy. friends
0: and. It's a lot of fun to conversation, you know, getting little random phone calls from him. And he's super cool a guy that I'm, you know, honored to be
1: became friends with. It's all pretty cool.
2: That's an incredible story.
1: I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like I could fill up your whole podcast. I'm sorry, but it's just, uh, I have no, incredible stories because if you're good to people, people will be good to you. And my life in the motorcycle industry is indicative of that, you know, it, it's, I'm so fortunate for all the people that have come in and out of my life, people that have been on my team and all, I mean, I'm honored to be the quarterback, right? You know, you're going to get crucified if if you lose the game and you're going to be in the headlines, but you're also the guy who gets to be in the headlines if you win the game. And so just to be the quarterback is a lot of responsibility, but it's one that is a gift to me. I'm very fortunate.
0: It's awesome. And, you know, and that's, exactly why i started this is stories like that some people might not hear but now these stories are going to live forever and, and you know for you sharing these stories is just awesome i mean i'm honored to hear them and to be able to <laughs> share them and you know for you coming on it's it's awesome
1: well i would sure do it again if you ever need uh, more stories i got more believe me of that <laughs> oh hey any day that's awesome come back i
0: would and- you know have you on
1: anytime well and i sure want to make sure that everybody knows uh 25 years of Clockworks, we started a little pre sturgis party. Actually, it was my ex-wife, Laura, who uh, kind of kicked this thing off and said, we're going to do this deal. And I said, don't you dare bring those people here because we're already busy, right? <laughs> and uh, now what turned into about 100 people just eating tacos and throwing some beers in a in a tub um, is now 5,000 people downtown Mitchell on a Thursday night. Wow. So August, so August 4th. Hey. Before Sturgis kicks off on the 5th, Sturgis really goes into gear on Friday the 5th. Uh, Come to Mitchell, South Dakota if you're coming anywhere from the east or even if you want to ride past it on the west and then come to our party. We would sure invite you. We always have some good entertainment, some fun. We've got a new distribution center here we just got finished. We're remodeling our main shop, and uh, we'll be open here all day, having an open house. We'll have a food truck here. Um, nice. Holly, we're trying to get Holly Hoffman from Survivor to come. We've invited Governor Nome to lead the parade. Uh, if we can get all this pulled together, it'll be a, it'll be an epic, epic way to celebrate uh, 25 years. And um, you know, please come. Right, you're all invited. I mean, come to the Priest Sturgis party. Awesome. It's 15 years of the Priest Sturgis party and 25 years of Clockworks, and we would love to host you in Mitchell, yeah. South Dakota. That is awesome. wow. And in case you're listening, book your hotel rooms now because they will be full. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So what's the – what does the future lead for you or bring for you? I mean, do you have – I mean, because you've branched out. You're doing fenders. You're doing handlebars. I mean, you're doing so much more. You're working with – you've partnered with you know, Dixon. You have your own line of shirts. I mean, where do you – I mean, so the first 25 years took you here. Where do you see the next 10?
1: The next 10 really, you know, we – we um, we acquired a magnetic phone mount company, and um, I was leading that cause in power sports. And while not everybody has a motorcycle, everybody does have a phone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And right. so we've got some really cool solutions for that. And uh, I'd been selling them since 13. I thought, well, we're never going to get there. Um, somebody's going to come out with something newer, or cooler, or whatever. Um, but this thing is still relevant, and I'm excited about that. Um, nice. we got some real young guns on our team now, and I'm excited to teach them We're we're going to be cutting apart a sportster that we're putting a rigid, um, kit on and making something out of that. Um, I'm having these guys work with me on some of the FXRs and some of the other parts. Um, we'll stop even the distribution center and we'll suddenly be talking about rake and trail, right? Because, uh, at the end of the day, I know it's for me to light the torch for others. Um, my wife, uh, Vanessa, is much younger than me, and um, she's a badass. She is so financially smart. Uh, the company is in a great spot. Um, she continues to lead the charge there. And unfortunately, you know, like Dave Sitema, Cowboy Dave, uh, he's been my GM now, um, been with me for 13 years. Uh, Jason Hansen, another 13-year guy, right? These guys have been here a long time, and so for them to take – You know, a guy who's only been there a year, two years under their wing and teach them is super fun. Um, The windshield thing, I, you know, I'm just going to keep going. I mean, as long as people will buy our windshields and as long as we can make a difference in their motorcycle, really, that's the key. Sometimes we don't, we're not always the quickest to market, but I'm only going to make the part if I can make a difference in your ride. And we love our customers. They're so loyal to us. They'll say, you know, this is my ninth windshield this is my third one i got a brand new 2022 cvo brian and i rode it 14 miles and i came here just to put windshield on you're the first stop
2: um, that's awesome
1: man yeah you know like how do you i don't know you know if i could just do 10 more years of that i would do 10 more years of that because people are so good to clockworks right and i believe clockworks is so good to them uh, my guys really pride themselves on customer service um, you know, we meet every morning, you know, 22 of us in a circle and we pray, go on about our day. Uh, we talk about how your kid did it track. We talk about a customer that's pissed off, uh, whatever it is. We just want to figure out like, you know, how can we help them? You know, that's the key. So did I just see somebody post up? They got three clockworks windshields in their garage right now. That would be the professional monkey. Why? Yes. And that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, it's fun, you know. For me, uh, it's just very fortunate, and I appreciate, um, you know, just the fact that you guys would care enough to even have me on here. This is a big deal for me, so I appreciate it. Um, this is a huge deal for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm honored that you
0: know. I mean, I can understand the week you've had, you know, all the time you spent in Daytona getting back to South Dakota, and for you taking time to to come on here and and talk bikes with us, I'm honored, and you know, thank you very much for that. I, well, you know, I have
2: to. Go Good. I was going to say I'm I'm very, very touched by your humility of what you've done and the fact that you know, you're passionate about your religion and your you you've brought so much to the community. And like I said, you know, pre-show, I mean, it really was that movie really inspired me to be, you know, bigger than I was to ride. So thank you for all you've done for the
1: community. Well, I think then that means you should just go on the why we ride to the quail and we should just meet up in California and ride up to. The Quail Gathering up in Monterey, which is an epic motorcycle event, and so they do it every year. And so, why we ride to the Quail? Uh, they're selling tickets now for it. It's a charity event. We raise money for the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation. So, if you're interested in that, anybody that's listening yeah. out there and you want to go for a little ride with um, some old fogies like me, come on! Be oh, happy hey, to, that's right. That my be happy that's to like... roll up the coast with you uh, in May. So I was, oh, disappointed, I, I, I I was disappointed I didn't get a chance to.
2: Go to De- yeah, that's endeavor's backyard.
1: Nice. Well, we Almost should hook him. up for sure. That'd be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm up in yeah. Washington State. Brian's on the wrong side. He's over there in New Jersey. <laughs> right
2: on. <laughs> well, that
1: means he's coming right by. He's perfect prime candidate for the August 4th pre Sturgis party.
2: There you go. Heck yeah. The, um,
1: yeah, and you know, you know, my stepdaughters, um, Erica and Carly both uh land speed raced. Um, you know, my daughter Ashlyn is 12 and she's um, a middle school show choir fanatic. Um, I don't know if she'll get into the motorcycle thing or not. It's up to her. I don't really care. Right. She just is a very talented, gifted singer, uh, super bright young lady. And I have a 20 month old son. His name is Cargo, uh, K-A-R-G-O. And uh, Cargo has now completed two surgices and two Daytonas and he's not even two years old. And he loves motorcycles and loves motorcycle people and loves going to these events. So, um, when you ask me what the next 10 years hold for me, Bri, I'm just going to feed into these kids and see what happens. That's, that's awesome. Yeah.
2: That's like I said, it, it's that's amazing. Your, your, your stories and your passion are just, it's great.
1: Well, thanks. I appreciate, I appreciate you guys. Do you have any other questions for me or anything I can answer? I don't want to, ramble on i feel like oh no
2: this is yeah this this has been awesome yeah i I, yeah i I don't (laughs) i'm a little speechless to be honest um so product wise you were saying that you know you don't really know sure but you're teaching you're 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 basically building the future of the motorcycle community which i think is you know fantastic
1: yeah I'm, i'm feeding into guys who are making products i'm feeding into other companies uh, you know, Terry Vance is a huge mentor for me, Tom Motzko from drag, another mentor for me. Um, you know, those guys shaped who I am and where I'm at. Uh, I recently was out, you know, touring, uh, Mike Corbin's shop and Mike, uh, really feeds into me as well. And, um, you know, I'm wow. Like who can say that? Right. And so whatever I can do to light the torch for somebody else, I'm going to do it. Um, you know, when we were at Arlen's, uh, funeral, service out in california uh, it really struck me that you know at my age i'm the next torchbearer i have to do what i can do yeah. and i believe that uh, there's no reason for us to be divisive i don't care if you ride a performance bagger or you ride a sports or you ride an fxr or you ride a bmw or you ride a Goldwing. um what can you do for the greater good of motorcycling and that's really what why we ride the movie did for so many folks and i think that's a key Um, you mentioned, uh, the Dixon flannel thing. Um, I have a great story about that. When I called Danny Dixon the first time he said, you need to make 600 shirts. Well, then the popularity took off. (laughs) The next time I called him, he said, you need to order 800 shirts. I'm like, man, I don't even know if I could do that. And he goes, well, is this really Brian clock? And I said, yeah, (laughs) he goes, well, then let's do it. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I said, what, do you,
1: what do you mean he goes I'm a fan He goes I worked at Harley dealerships And parts counters my whole life Before doing the shirt thing And he goes I would love to do a shirt with you So we did it Launched it at Sturgis In 2019 Sold out all the shirts And we he he Gave me 30 days right 30 days to pay Which was epic Very very kind of him And um, so I sent him the check vanessa sent him the check i don't do anything <laughs> vanessa's a smart one vanessa sent him the check and then uh september 11th of 2019 it was my daughter carly's birthday and uh, the shop flooded three four feet of water through the whole shop 11 inches of rain in an hour um a million dollars worth of loss and it's not covered by insurance oh and Danny Dixon, the, the photos I put up there went viral in 24 hours or over a million views of them. And Danny saw it. And I got a text from Danny and it was a little video clip. And he literally said, Oh, would you look at this clockworks $41,000 ripped it up he goes, your money's no good here. He goes, I'll tell you what I never understood why people were so fanatical about clockworks, but after spending two days with your team, one day at the pre Sturgis party in Mitchell where we launched it, right? He was there, and then he rode the next day with Vanessa and a few of the other folks. I think it was John Reedy, the flat tire guy, maybe, and his wife Whitney from Phoenix. They rode out to Sturgis and they got caught in some serious rain. And he goes, "Man, your wife is a badass." He didn't even let off. And I asked her if she wanted to pull over. She's like, "No, let's just keep rolling." <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: and. So Danny said, he goes, you know, being there with your people, eating dinner with them, hanging out with them, watching what they do at the shop, he goes, please put it all back into that place and make it better for them. So we were able to go out and buy sheetrock, buy insulation, tear out the front of the shop, and we did make it much better. And now we're working on the back of the shop. And so we've got that all tore apart, too, right now, trying to fix it. But uh, since then, we've done multiple Jack Daniels, Dixon, flannel collaborations, we've done another clockworks collaboration. We've done the clockworks party shirt, the cooler shirts um, who uh, actually Todd, one of the security guys is is, uh, one of the right hand for Eric church. He always wears his, you see him. There's some Eric church sightings because he's always up there on stage wearing his clockwork shirt. And (laughs) I've um, seen some of those pictures, you know, that's so fun for me. Like those are the little connections that just make working your tail off. So worth it. and, I mean, one of those things would be lucky, right? And I get a bunch of them. I feel like I'm the luckiest kid ever. so
0: That's so, cool. so, yeah. So, Danny
1: Dixon, whether you love his shirts, hate his shirts, feel like he's a sellout because they're made in China or whatever, I don't really care. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, he's been good to me. He's been good to my family. The shirts are amazing. They wear great. And he's a yep. good human. He has a good yeah. heart. He stepped in the gap when I needed him most. And
0: that speaks volumes. I mean, I, that's that's what it's about. Yep. It's like it's you the said, one, the, it's a community.
2: Yeah. The one thing that amazes this community, I mean, from the YouTuber creator side, there's not anybody that you – well, I shouldn't say there's not anybody, right? Because obviously there are those people, but there's not nobody that – there's so many people that would reach out to help you. and It's, it's great that – seeing companies like yourself that have that camaraderie with other companies. It's not you versus them. It's bringing the, 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 um, the community up. I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to say it's not, you know, like the community is not all roses. Like, you know, when people are sure. copying your windshield or knocking you off, ugh, that's frustrating. Right. Oh, and yet yeah. you got to give them the grace and you got to just do what you do. You know, Arlen S told me, Brian, put your blinders on and make it happen. Do it, Brian clock's way. Right. And so I've been trying to do it, Brian clock's way for now 25 years. And the beauty of it is um, to get guys like Danny Dixon, uh, people that step in the, in the gaps for you. um, They believe in my team. They don't really care that there's a Brian clock, right? It's about clockworks. It's about what clockworks does for the industry. It's about what clockworks does for customers. And For me, that's a blessing, right? Like I wish my last name wasn't Clock. I wish I could just hide, right? And just like let my team shine because they're just amazing. Like I'm so fortunate. All the people who have ever worked here, ever been here, ever done anything with this brand. Um, as I look back on 25 years, I can't do anything but thank you. I don't know how else to explain it.
0: Well, and a lot of that comes from, I mean, it stems from you. You know, you've been there to build this brand, you went out on a limb. And your product means a lot to everybody. I mean, the quality, but, you know, people are going to want to support more than just that product. You know, they understand, you know, some people read the vaccines and read the other articles and see how much more you put into things and are going to want to also support that because, you know,
1: you do so much more for the community than just your brand. You well, know, I like just, you the know, stories you've told. Well, I just had a guy tonight. I, popped on social media and there was a guy who you know said yeah i bought this Memphis shade windshield and it's so much better than clockworks and da, and it's this and it's that and i'm like i want to get on there and say congratulations you know i'm happy for you i mean 2000 people don't want pepperoni pizza i say it all the time <laughs> you know it's okay like i'm just happy you're happy dude But why do you got to hate on me? Well, and then why can't you just talk up good about the product you bought versus this versus that guy? Right. That is that is such the bullseye on my back. You know, I'm number one. And so everybody wants to see you fall.
2: Well, I I think that's when you've arrived, right? Unfortunately, when the haters show up, you know, you've arrived because everybody wants to. everybody wants to put you down, right? Because it seems like in this world, negativity sells more than, or at least gets the attention more than positivity, you know? And, and when you see the amount of shields that you have out there, I mean, come on. that That's always the problem with doing a review. You do a review on something, you can get a hundred people that have a different opinion. It's just one person's opinion. That's a shame.
0: Well, yeah. and, you know, and and Brian's stake, you know, Brian ha- has one of your windshields. He's, you know, speaks highly of, you know, we've talked about this before. He's got a clockwork and loves it.
1: Well, and I mean, I don't think you're going to find anybody else in this whole industry that's going to tell you that the windshield actually makes your bike handle better. A stock bike has 30 pounds of lift. This applies 15 pounds of downforce. When you go by a semi and feel a little bit of this, it's like putting a spoiler on your motorcycle. Yeah, Glasses aren't doing this anymore because there's a dead pocket of air here. The stereo sound's coming at you better. And you can actually have a conversation with your passenger if you so desire. And... Uh, you know, it's just a I mean it's it's a sexy part.
2: Well, and that's what I was gonna say. I mean, there's windshields and then there's your windshield. I mean that I mean when it makes my ultra, my ultra limited look sexy, you know you've arrived, right? <laughs> <laughs> that blackout yeah. shield, you take the top box off, it's a whole new bike.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, it, it's really badass for sure. Well,
1: now. we we appreciate that for sure. Yeah.
0: Well you thank uh, you so much, you know, Brian. This this has been awesome. I mean, I love, you know, in a couple months, get you back on or, you know, yeah. if you got stuff coming out and you want to spread the word, Hey, I'd be honored anytime to have you back on. I mean, this has been just absolutely amazing.
1: Well, thank, thank you guys. Off. And we'll, we'll make sure and share it on our channels as well. <laughs> um, I'm always not the best at that. Cause I'm usually running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I, we, I do all of our social media stuff as well. I got a few of my employees who answer the questions on the backside and, and do some of that kind of stuff. But, what people don't understand is there's 22 people running this whole brand. That means the guys at Daytona that you talk to were the shippers, were the sourcing people, were the accounting people, were the general manager, were the mechanics, right? It's we're just, you know, we're small town kids that really are just going for it. If you ever come by exit 332 in Mitchell, South Dakota, and don't stop. It's your own fault. We're only six blocks off the interstate. And if you walk in the door and there's someone breathing here, they will give you a tour. They will show you around. You can see the motorcycles. Um, oh, I, I keep a lot that. of them. I've got the Cherry Bomb. I've got the world's fastest bagger. I've got um, my SS 50th bike. I've got old FXRs in here. I've got some of the old Hondas in here. So come on by. We'd love to see you and love to show you around Mitchell. I will be be there in June. Wow,
0: it is a a planned stop when I come over for June for the Hoka A to see all those guys off. I am making the trip down there to come say hi.
1: All right, deal. Well, thank you guys a
0: lot. I appreciate it. It's been
2: thank you for all you've done for the community. Really appreciate it. Yeah, hang on a
0: sec, Brian. So, hey, and actually, you know where everybody can find you? You know, Clockworks. You know, you want anything you want to say before
1: in closing, where they can find you and whatnot. You you can you can find us at Clockworks. It's K L O C K W E R K S custom with a K cycles on Facebook and it's just at clockworks on Instagram. And then of course um, we've stepped into the UTV side of life. So we have clockworks off road. Um, we've got the phone mount thing. So clockworks aisle mounts. And then of course uh, our cleaning product, which is shine works official. Um, that stuff is awesome. Yeah. that And that's another one of those deals where a guy walked up behind me goes, why do you have all those products? I go, cause they suck. And I kept working and the guy stayed right there. And I was like, Oh man, I think I offended this guy. And I looked over and he's like, I said, let's, let's start over. My mom would not be real proud. I'm Brian clocking. Cause I know who you are. Tell me why you don't like them. I told him this works good in the shade. That's good in the sun. This one's a little greasy. That one's got a little more wax. Um, you know, and he goes, wow, one of them is mine. I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he goes, no, no, no. I'm interested because you really know your stuff. And he goes, I'm a chemist. Let me make you what you want. So all these variations later, smells later, uh, contents of a thing later, we tried them all. And I said, I don't really care if I ever sell this stuff. I just want to have it at my booth because when you pull up on your 30, $40,000 motorcycle, you really don't even want me touching it. Honestly, me or any of my guys. Okay. That's just how motorcycle riders are. They have a lot of pride in their bike, right? And so we're trying to clean it up, make it the nicest we can. And that stuff has taken off so much so that we now sell it even on Amazon Prime because we cannot get every dealer convinced that there's really another cleaning product out there that someone should use because, of course, everybody's got 10 products in their garage already. But once you have it, once you love it, uh, you can buy it on Amazon Prime. Just so you know, uh, you don't have to pay shipping on a fifteen dollars, or sixteen dollars bottle cleaner, whatever it costs. Um, you can get it anywhere. So awesome, amazing! Wait,
0: thank you so much. This has been an absolutely awesome. I mean, hearing you know all these stories and you know it, it's been super
1: cool, man. I, I can't thank you enough for you know coming on. Well, I look forward to seeing everybody again. Please come to Sturgis. I will see you in May at the Why we ride to the quail. I will be there. We ride right up the coast. We leave from Moore park, California, have a little breakfast and it's a two day ride. It's a real quick weekend. Um, but it's for a good cause and it's super fun. And we get treated like champs at the quail. They give us their own little kind of VIP parking and, and the food there is insanely amazing. And it's an Epic show. Um, there's always, you know, some sort of themed thing or somebody brings out their personal collection of stuff to show off there. And it's it's just fun. So That's awesome. Check it
0: out. Well, thank you very much. Hey, guys, check it out. And, hey, this has been an awesome mile post. Thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, write safe, have fun. We'll see you guys in the open road.